your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. When we walk, when we reach, when we play, we're moving through life. And in the wake of COVID-19, we haven't been moving enough. An estimated 80% of Americans aren't getting their recommended daily amount of physical activity. It's time to move and keep moving, America, wherever you are and however you can. Movement reduces your risk of diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. It improves your brain function and mental health. It helps you manage pain and boost your immune system. And when you need help, physical therapists and physical therapist assistants are by your side. With expert care to increase your strength and mobility and to improve your quality of life through prescribed exercise and teamwork. Because even in a pandemic, we are meant to climb, to dance, to soar, to thrive. Choose to move. Choose physical therapy. Visit ChoosePT.com. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Welcome back to the 1 p.m. hour of the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM uh, for another Hudak Takeover. It's Maddie Hudak here at Maddie Hudak underscore 94 on Twitter. Uh, up this hour is head coach Tim Rebo of Nichols State University at 115. Uh, someone I'm quite familiar with, head coach Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave football on at 130. And we'll have Frank Selfo of the Southeastern University football on at 145. Um, but... Let's let's talk NFL uh, while we're here, um, and let's kind of take a look around uh, the league. Um, you know, we can go back and forth to we're blue in the face about what the Saints can do heading into their matchups. Uh, you know, coming up, but you know, taking a look at at how those teams perform this week. Um, as as much as the Titans, you know, are are missing Derrick Henry, it really didn't appear like they missed him uh, that much at all uh, in their somewhat surprising uh, victory this weekend. Um, Sorry, I'm pulling that up so I can actually get the score for you guys and I'm not just making things up. Yes, it was 28-16 to 16 over the Los Angeles Rams, who are a very interesting case study uh, in, in the uh, concept of, of pretending that the draft uh, really doesn't exist. Uh, really is something that's curious for me in the way that they've kind of just traded their, you know, first-round draft picks as trade pieces um, and, and then kind of looking at how first-round prospects have been performing this season. Uh, but, you know, the Titans have lost Derrick Henry now for, you know, at least until the playoffs. Um, when the Saints faced them in 2019, they were without him, but only for a short time with a hamstring injury. Uh, so, you know, it's different this season, kind of similar to the way that the Saints are now without Michael Thomas. Um, and, and what we really saw was the Titans defense uh, doing, you know, what what the Saints have done in several games to win football games, uh, which, which is generating turnovers. And, and that, you know, led to 14 points in that upset uh, where they scored, you know, 28 in total. They've had 11 turnovers in the last six games, including six consecutive games with an interception. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to be kind of like looking in a mirror that Saints fans are wishing they were seeing on uh, our defensive, uh, the Saints defensive line as Titans pass rush uh, has had 13 sacks over the last six games. Um, you know, it, Ryan Tannehill to me has never really gotten perhaps the credit that he deserved. Um, and, and kind of seeing the case of what's going on with Tua, uh, down in, in Miami, uh, and then seeing, you know, how that affected, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, it's not so much the same thing as Sam Darnold and the Jets, uh, as, as we're kind of seeing play out in Carolina. Uh, Tannehill to me is so, it's just such a professional quarterback. I don't really even know, you know, how much. Better to put it, uh, they only had 195 yards of total offense, um, with just 70 yards in their rushing attack. But, you know, in a way that we didn't really see until the fourth quarter for the Saints, um, the Titans were able to, you know, cash in when they needed to and they scored touchdowns on three of their, or I'm sorry, all three of their red zone visits. When you're, uh, you know, 100% in the red zone, that, that really quite easily wins football games. Uh, so, you know, the, the Saints are going to be looking at, you know, a relatively complete team, uh, heading into that matchup. Uh, and then, you know, they'll be having the Eagles as their next ones who, you know, they 
were a problem for the Saints last year uh, with with Jalen Hurts, you know, starting at quarterback. I believe that was for the first time last season, uh, and it was kind of one of those cases of you know the mobile quarterback being an issue for a pass rush that you know, in my opinion, was much stronger at that point last season. Um, it, it is a game that's kind of primed for you know if if Simeon continues to be the starting quarterback for the Saints. Uh, you know, quarterbacks have kind of been carving up the Eagles at this point. Um, you know, Justin Herbert became, uh, I believe, the yeah the fifth quarterback this season to complete eighty percent more of his passes against uh, Philadelphia with a minimum of twenty five attempts. Um, you know that that Justin Herbert also has a very different group of receivers, and he also has you know former Saints quarterback coach Joe Lombardi back down there. So not entirely the same thing. Uh, but the uh, the Eagles are kind of having you know a similar struggle and on an offense in terms of identity just as much as the Saints are. Uh they they've dominated on the ground for two straight weeks now. It's very much not dissimilar to what we've seen, you know, by the Saints really leaning on Alvin Kamara uh and just to note um you know if nothing else to take away from the running attack against Atlanta, uh looking at how balanced those numbers were in terms of the, you know, carries between Ingram and Kamara uh, you know, Kamara had 13 carries for 15 yards, but Ingram had nine for 43. And Alex Arma actually had two for 12. Uh, so when you consider that Taysom Hill is likely to be included in that formula moving forward, you know, under center or, or not, uh, at least the Saints do have more of that complementary attack to go into that matchup. But they are going to have to contain, you know, a, 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 someone that is shifty in the pocket um, and, and a team that is going to be featuring a run-heavy attack and that kind of was how they beat the Saints last season, if I'm remembering correctly. I think that was the first 100-yard rushing game this defense has allowed in a long time in that loss to Philadelphia. Uh, so, you know, those are kind of the games that are up next slated for this team. Uh, then they'll be, you know, facing the Buffalo Bills, who uh, perhaps had the strangest uh, loss that I've seen in a long time. I recall someone kind of reading the scores out in the elevator in the press box after the Saints game this Sunday. Uh, and when we got to the 9-6 to Bill's Jaguars score, I really didn't know how to compute that from, you know, any sort of way. I mean, we can complain about the Saints defense, but, or I'm sorry, the Saints offense, but, you know, they, they've at least been able to put up more than nine points and, you know, the Josh Allen on Josh Allen, uh, nonsense or whatever that was is fun to, you know, kind of joke about, but it was a matchup that, I think a lot of people were really excited about and perhaps the Bills haven't really performed up to expectations, but, Josh Allen, he has struggled under pressure. Uh, he's been pressured in 14 of 38 dropbacks this season. Uh, and then in, in those situations, going two of nine for uh, nine yards, an interception, three sacks, and, and, and two scrambles out of the pocket to kind of make do. Uh, if, if the pass rush for the Saints ha- had done something more against Matt Ryan last weekend, then maybe I would be more confident heading into that. And that's not to take away from Matt Ryan's performance either. I think if you go back and rewatch that game, as much as the defense kind of gave up those big plays, um, Matt Ryan probably had a career performance against the Saints, as he sometimes often, you know, does. And, and, and really what the difference maker in those situations is the sack count. I mean, the, you know, the, the NFL put out a, an official video titled something about Demario Davis throwing a sack party on Matt Ryan's face, which still makes, you know, me laugh to this day. Very rent free in my head at this point. Uh, but all jokes aside, that's the way to beat the, the Falcons quite plainly. And, and you know, it's not a secret formula or anything like that. They did get two sacks, but they were on the penultimate drive of the game. And at that point, you know, to me, pressuring the quarterback right off the bat has all the, all to do with confidence and not allowing them to get settled into the game plan. Uh, when, when you're in the fourth quarter and they've already put up multiple scoring drives and, at that point, it was pretty clear, you know, what the paramount offense was during that game. Uh, th- those sacks really didn't matter by the end of it. So when they're going to be facing someone like Josh Allen, he may struggle under pressure, but the Saints have to prove at this point that they have the ability to generate it. Uh, Marcus Davenport coming back, he gets a lot of flack, and he hasn't necessarily saved the pass rush. But a lot of the criticisms around him, you know, were his durability and his technique. Both of those very fair criticisms of such, uh, and, and it really wasn't that promising when he kind of landed immediately on IR to start the season. And I, you know, it's safe to say I'm personally still kind of holding my uh, pause on that. But let's go quickly over to a caller on the line. I apologize. We have Richard here with us. Uh, Richard, how are you today? I'm good, Maddie. How about you? 
I'm I'm doing great. How um what what uh what comments are you uh coming in to say on the Hudak takeover today this afternoon? <laughs> uh well all I love all, all your points just now. Like it it's kinda what I've been talking about with my coworkers today because Monday or the day after the game is always you talk about that game and then the next day you looked ahead and I I read a lot NFL.com, ESPN, your articles, Canal Street Chronicles, all that, and all your points was what I've been saying. Like with with the Tennessee game, you know, it, it's like the number one thing was the turnovers by Stafford that put Tennessee in mm-hmm. position or flat out gave them points. And if you right. take those away, talk about different games. So it's like okay, okay, well, obviously ball control, we we, we know that. You know that's that's going to be paramount. You know Tennessee rushing game wasn't it, it, it was effective in spurts, not overall. That's to be expected. And I agree with you. Tannehill doesn't get the props he deserves. I mean, I, I would take him if we had the opportunity to. You know, I, I've always kind of respected his talent. But looking ahead to that game, I agree. I, I agree with what you were saying. It's like you know you have to if <laughs> if we're not if we're not moving in mud to start the game and dropping balls, if we can finally, I I didn't realize this until they showed the stat on the broadcast Sunday. And I'm not sure if you, if you saw where you were at in the broadcast booth, Mm -hmm. but when they showed that us and Atlanta were the only two teams to not have an opening touchdown drive this season. I'm like, really? I did not catch that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I, I thought back to the Green Bay game. Anybody would think to that game of all games, <laughs> right. and I'm like, maybe it was a field goal or something. I'm like, okay. So yeah, I 100% agree. And yeah, the Philly the Philly game from last year. Yeah, it was actually Hertz and Miles Sanders who both broke 100 on us. It was yeah. that bad right. of a day. The fact we barely lost or we lost at the end said a lot about us not giving up, but. Yeah, that one, that that was a sour taste last year, and I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the Philly game too. Is like, you know, like don't 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 forget what he was able to do in his first start. Don't overlook that because that's pretty much their only offense is running the ball. Right. I know I'm entirely with you, Richard. Uh, and you know, while I have you, uh, just you know, for uh, controversy's sake, uh, you know, which quarterback would you start for the Saints for those two games? Well, so. I will say that I, I have I have followed I listened to the Gus over the years. I've always been entertained with you and him on the quarterback thing and about Taysom. I love how you even pointed out how you have uh, backed Taysom. And at, as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned, um, Sean could have went with either one before Atlanta. That'd have been okay. I, I trusted Sean, and when he went with Trevor, I was like, okay. My surprise was how little he used Taysom. I expected to see Taysom more out there. I didn't know if that was a maybe a medical thing, like just coming off a, a, a legit concussion that kept him out three weeks or, or what. I was surprised he didn't use him much until that second half there. Um, I... If it was me personally, I would still give Trevor another shot because, like you said, like I agree, like many people have been fair with, you can't put the Atlanta game on him. Like he, he not you know, at all. What more? What more could we have asked him to do? These were good thrown balls in their hands. I mean, Trotman, it was. I forgot who said it. Someone on Saints Wire, I think, wrote like. It was in between the eight and the two on his jersey, and he dropped it. Like, what yeah. more could you ask? So I would still, I would start Trevor, Fair but enough. I would really mix. I would mix in more, more Taysom. Like, not not wait till the end there. Not wait till a fourth and one to make them jump, which was pretty funny. But no, I would use Taysom a lot. At this point, I, I made a joke about this. I was like. Why not put Taysom as a receiver? Because I bet you he'll catch the ball. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, and and um, I have to get to uh, Coach Rebo, who's on hold now on the line. Uh, 
But thank you, Richard, for calling in. Uh, and and oh, I'm with you. you. And I, I, I think that, you know, that concussion protocol, to me personally, I do have, you know, a background with head injuries. So, you know, if I'm giving my own speculation, I would say that fairly played into a lot of the decisions made on Sunday. So, um, I believe, yeah. So we, um, we're going to – I'm sorry. I just to- totally – Totally lost my train of thought. Uh, we do have Tim Rebo on the line uh, for Nichols State University football. He's at Nichols underscore FB on Twitter. Uh, and after this break, we will talk with him uh, about having a lovely Tuesday coming off a win uh, after their third consecutive consecutive victory uh, this weekend. Uh, again, we're going to take a quick break. And when we're back, that'll be up next. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on the Pelicans flagship ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-70-STOP. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is currently open and here to serve our community with a fresh new inventory arriving daily and over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles. If you have any questions regarding vehicle replacement or you're looking to purchase a new vehicle, we are here to help. Stop by 220 South Hollywood Road or give us a call at 985-876-7210 or visit GregLeBlancToyota.com. GregLeBlancToyota.com. We are Home of Strong. Experience the history at the Destrahan Plantation Fall event this weekend from 9 till 4. Then shop to your drop with our art and craft vendors. See our authentic 1840 mule barn filled with antique treasures. Enjoy the Cajun Creole food park, children's activities, period craft demonstrations, and live music Saturday. Featuring Kayla Woodson followed by Ray Foray and Foray Tradition. And Sunday's Kevin Delage followed by Buckwheat Zydeco. So take a step back into history at the Destrahan Plantation Fall event. 13034 River Road in Destrahan. He's back. He's like to sing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back uh, to The Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans, the Pelicans flagship in 100.3 FM. Again, it's Maddie Hudak here uh, filling in for Gus Kattengau while he calls some two-lane women's hoops. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at MattyFudak underscore 94. Uh, our guest, uh, just to kick off this segment, uh, is in his seventh season as the head coach of Nichols State University football, uh, Tim Rebo, whose team is now, you know, coming off a 24 to 14 win, uh, in their third consecutive victory this season. Uh, so coach, how are you today? And it's always nice, you know, to have a Tuesday coming off a win. Yeah, always coming off again, Maddie. It's, it's a good week. <laughs> Those Sundays are good and Mondays, you know, and then, uh, you gotta, put that one behind you and start preparing for the next one sure and and, um you know we saw uh, an in-game quarterback switch i believe happen uh where you put in uh you know freshman colin guggenheim to to lead this offense uh in relief for lindsey scott who you know had at that point thrown two interceptions and and the offense it kind of stalled uh what, what was the thought that went into you know that change well, actually, it was Cohen Grigne who came in at quarterback. Uh, he's been with us for a while. And it was just we were struggling a little bit, and we just wanted to settle Lindsey down a minute and see if Cohen can come in and give us a little spark. That's all it was, and he came in and did a really, really good job. Yeah, and is that, you know, the plan moving forward uh, at QB, or is it still kind of just one of those things that's m- perhaps more dependent on, on matchup? No, it's just good. Listen, uh, Lindsey's our quarterback. We got Cohen. We got truly two capable quarterbacks that can go. 
Uh, we'll just get them in practice this week. We're going to work both of them. Uh, and look, anyone that can go and get us this victory, that's, that's the main concern is beating Carnot Word this week. Absolutely. And something else that, you know, stuck out um, as star receiver, uh, I, I'm, I'm, is it Dejean Jackson? Am I saying that correctly? Dejean. 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 Yeah, he, he was selected as the Greater New Orleans Amateur Athlete of the Month uh, for October, if I'm correct. Um, and, and how has his performance been, you know, this season uh, for, for the Colonels? Oh, he, he's been really, really steady, uh, solid. He's had a couple hundred yard games, a bunch of catches. You know, he, he's our go-to receiver. Uh, the thing that I'm most proud of, though, was, you know, this, this past Saturday against McNeese, everybody else showed up. Dejan had two catches, two big catches, that uh, we spread the ball around, and that's, that's going to help us moving forward uh, what we're trying to do the next couple weeks. Yeah, and it looks like you guys will be, you know, playing your final uh, home game of the regular season, uh, who's hosting the Cardinals uh, on, on Saturday, who defeated South uh, Southeastern to move into a tie for per- first place, um, you know, this this weekend. Um, looking at that next week game, uh, w- what have you seen, you know, when when you've looked at that uh, matchup on film? Well, uh, a really good football team that uh, we went over and played them earlier in the year in San Antonio and. We came up short in the second half, and they got us. Um, they're led by their quarterback, who, who really throws the ball around the yard a whole, whole lot. Um, he was the, the player, the national player of the week this past week for his performance. He's got a bunch of explosive receivers and a good running game. So uh, they they hit on all cylinders. They're playing really, really well. Uh, we're going to have a big challenge for us this Saturday. Uh, for you know, uh, listeners who might not be you know totally familiar with perhaps you know the the Nickel State defense, um, you know what's kind of the plan of attack there? Uh, you know, are they more prominent in their run defense, or has their passing defense been more successful through this season? Well, we, we're going to do what we do. Our, our defense has been doing an outstanding job, and uh, a little bit today, you know, defense don't get a lot of credit, and everybody wants to see these wide open fifty to forty. Uh, eight scores. Uh, our defense has been playing lights out the last couple of weeks. Uh, we held McNeese to 14 points the week before, 21 points, uh, 14 points before that. So our defense has been playing really, really well. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to play our best game uh, up to date this year, and hopefully we can get a couple stops and get off the field. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm kind of with you on people wanting to kind of see those higher scores, uh, but sometimes, you know, not only is it a better, you know, outcome when, when a defense kind of plays like that, but to me it's just as exciting uh, as a former, you know, soccer defender. Uh, so I, I'm with you on that and kind of leaning on the defense. Uh, but what else would you say, you know, are, are the keys to victory uh, for your team this weekend? Well, I think we can't – don't give up the big plays is obviously a big one. I think we got to be able to tackle – uh, and then we got to eliminate the turnovers. We got to be able to uh, possess the ball, and we got to be able to move the chains and, and, and make some key third downs to keep it out of their hands. All going to be big keys to the game this week. All right. Um, and uh, anything else um, you know about about the Nichols State team that that uh, listeners should know, Coach? Yeah, I, I just think it's it's a three o'clock game. It's our last home game of the year. Uh, it's Senior Day. Uh, we got ten seniors we're honoring. Uh, like we, we, it's the 50th anniversary of Nichols football. We honor all the teams. We got a bunch of people coming back. Uh, hope it should be a beautiful day. Uh, hopefully three o'clock, we get a big crowd and, and it, it could be a great atmosphere on, on the field for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's rare, you know, to have these kind of nice outdoor days, uh, in, you know, Louisiana for football games. So absolutely, if you guys are around, uh, please kind of, you know, go help join Nichols and, and kind of moving. Uh, up to take on, you know, both teams tied for first place at this point at four and two. Um, and, and again, you know, this is coach Tim Rebo and he's on Twitter at Nichols underscore football head coach of Nichols State University football team. All right. Thanks, coach. All right. Thank you very much. All right. All right. As I just said, that was uh, the coach of Nickel State University football. Um, and, you know, a lot of the things he brought up, it almost kind of felt like uh, you could say the same thing about uh, the, the Saints, the way that, you know, we've been talking about them and uh, the way that, um, you know, uh, Richard, the caller, who, again, if you guys have comments, I saw some of you guys calling in on the last segment. I apologize. Uh, I was 
uh, staring at my computer and not at, at the call list. But if, if you do have any, you know, further opinions on, on anything that's been said so far or just anything you want to air out at this point, it's 1-800-998-1003. Um, and just to kind of go back to, uh, you know, what, what Richard was, was asking about, you know, the Taysom Hill situation and his surprise um, at, at their usage um, and, and not really seeing it that much until the second half. Uh, this is, you know, all speculation on my point, but, you know, I do have somewhat of a background um, in, uh, you know, traumatic brain injuries. I spent time in a VA hospital and I, I you know, I've been uh, afflicted by a concussion myself. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that had the primary, you know, factor uh, leading into that decision and if that might still kind of remain moving forward. Uh, so that's something that we might not be totally aware of, but in terms of, you know, how that can affect the position of quarterback, um, there's the obvious health concerns, you know, when a brain is recovering and is at more risk, you know, for further injury. And usually those further injuries um, can be more long lasting. And there's something known as second impact syndrome, uh, which can be very serious if you're still recovering from brain injury. So, you know, as much as there was kind of this confusion and, and you did see that spark when Taysom Hill went in the game in terms of that exact matchup, I, I think at this point, we just don't know about enough about the status, you know, of Hill um, and, and anything, you know, to kind of break that down at that point uh, is, is nothing short of, of speculation. And that's, you know, kind of rightfully why head coach Sean Payton kind of dismissed, you know, any sentiments about, you know, there being an in-game quarterback switch in his press conference uh, following Sunday's loss. Wasn't that at all. It's just something we've seen with every quarterback, you know, that's been on the Saints uh, the past three seasons is, is Taysom Hill coming in and kind of offering a spark. But, Something else to me uh, to keep in mind is, you know, a lot of the things people criticize Taysom Hill for are, you know, his inability to progress through reads. Uh, and if the ability is there, it's very slow. And by the time he realizes it, uh, he's looking at, you know, a sack. And that kind of has led to him lacking pocket awareness. And as I was caught in talking about before, something about, you know, limiting his, his running capabilities to me just made him a worse quarterback uh, all around when he saw him in that stretch last year. But... Concussions do have effects in terms of, you know, cognitive processing and decision making and things in that aspect as well. You know, I can speak personally that I was spent several weeks in a brain fog of uh, really just stapling packets at my workplace for for two months uh, until I was really able to get, you know, my, my head back uh, feeling normal again. And it took me a while to kind of get to that point. Um, so that is just really something to keep in mind here. And it, it, it's, you know, why ultimately I, I will be fine with whatever the quarterback decision is. Um, and, you know, at this point, I I'm willing to trust, you know, the head coach of a football team that has had, you know, a franchise-altering 15-season run with a quarterback that no one really wanted to take a chance on at all uh, and someone who has managed to make it work, uh, you know, with three quarterbacks at this point this season. So um, whichever decision he ends up going with, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but Richard did bring up a good point, um, you know, looking forward to uh, the the Titans uh, and the Eagles matchups specifically um, in terms of the rushing attack, because he kind of brought up how the Titans didn't really have much of one, um, you know, against the Rams. And that really didn't seem to matter. And they were throwing against Matt Stafford. Um, I, I didn't see that stat that he brought up where neither the Saints nor the Falcons have had an opening touchdown this season. And that is really surprising to me. Again, when he pointed out that Green Bay Packers 38 to three game, um, you know, I'd have to really just go back and look at that point. Uh, but it's also something that it could be meaningful and it could be something that if you looked back at the last seven games of the last couple of seasons, it might be the same. Uh, but it is definitely worth mentioning, uh, especially kind of when you look at the approach that New Orleans took in that matchup against Atlanta, who didn't have a rushing attack. Uh, and, and New Orleans has a staunch run defense, and New Orleans certainly outrushed them and leaned on that quite a bit. I believe the first five plays of the game, you know, were handoffs to Alex Armagh and Alvin Kamara made majority of the time before Simeon tried to throw, and then that's when, you know, the receivers started to drop things. And, you know, leaning with a run-first attack, that works great if, you know, you can put up points at the end and, you know, a team might not be able to rush the ball as well as you, but if they're able to win it in the air, then that's where that, you know, missing complementary passing attack really sticks out. Uh, and then, you know, looking forward to the Eagles, he brought up how both Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts had 100-yard games against this defense last season. That was a defense that had Malcolm Roach, Sheldon Rankins, Trey Hendrickson on the line. It, it really did look a lot different. And and I've given Paulson Adebo a lot of credit this season. And again, I really don't blame him much 
for that play on Sunday when it really just frankly wasn't the only big play of the game. But I, there are days where, you know, you can see the the absence of Janoris Jenkins and that secondary. And so it isn't the same defense, um, you know, as much as it's better in a lot of areas and arguably that linebacker role, you know, with Pete Werner really coming on strong. Um, the, the Eagles were a matchup nightmare for them last season. And that was one of those games where, we all have kind of said, oh, well, it's kind of like the Saints games uh, every season where they kind of just play down to the opponent and it's a game they really couldn't have afforded to lose. Uh, that's now happened three times this season, and two of them have been against divisional opponents at that point, which is really important in terms of tiebreakers uh, and, you know, potentially trying not to be in that wild card spot against Tampa Bay because that tiebreaker against Tampa Bay only matters if you're, you know, the, the tiebreaker at that point gets to that. And I don't remember the order of them, but I just know that they are mind boggling to try to get through those, you know, playoff tiebreakers. Uh, so looking forward to those next two games, it'll be very interesting to me to see, you know, will, will this be something where the defense continues to rise to the occasion or, you know, is it something that whoever is under center, they're finally able to get something working and it's going to be ugly. I don't think there's any other way to say it at this point, but curious to see as to, you know, the dominant side of the football in these next couple of matchups. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, um, head coach of Tulane Greenway football, Willie Fritz will be joining me to talk about, you know, the loss last week and their upcoming homecoming game against the Tulsa uh, this Saturday. And then we will um, go on from there. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. Again, this is Maddie Hudak taking over on the sports hangover on the Pelicans flagship ESPN 100.3 FM. Get up in the morning, stay favorite, sir, so that every mouth can be there. Always on the run and short on cash. With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish high school. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student-athletes annually, along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. The devastation caused by Hurricane Ida was unprecedented. You can prevent additional damage by making a free call to 811 a few days before you dig or disturb the ground in any way. Calling 811 helps protect you from unintentional consequences caused by digging into underground utility lines. After calling 811, wait the required time, confirm all marks, and then dig with care. Call 811 before you dig. It's the law. This message is provided by Common Ground Alliance. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is back. Cross-court pass to Nikhil, extra pass to Vontae, left wing three. He got it at the buzzer! Ingram in the center circle, driving, he's got a seam. He's going to punch it over Anthony Edwards! Hi, this is Todd Graffinini. Join John DeShazer and me as the Pelicans take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wednesday at 7 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to The Sports Hangover for a Hudak takeover uh, and a pretty solid football uh, coach roundtable so far. Uh, our next guest is someone I'm quite familiar with, just more so in person than over the phone, uh, Tulane Green Wave head coach uh, Willie Fritz. Hey, coach, uh, you know, long time no see since this weekend. Yeah, how you doing? I'm I'm good. Like I said, it, it's uh, weird, you know, not to see you rather than hear you. Uh, but I, you know, I'm glad to have you on. Looking forward to this homecoming, you know, matchup for Tulane this weekend. Um, but to kind of, you know, go back to this weekend, uh, coach. I know frustrating is is kind of a mild way to put uh, what the feeling was after Tulane's 14 to 10 loss to the USC or UCF Knights this weekend. 
Um, with kind of a few days to decompress now, uh, what were really those main takeaways that you saw uh, after Saturday's loss? Well, it, it was a tough loss, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I thought we played, you know, well defensively. We took another step forward. We played pretty good two weeks ago defensively, and then we played good last week. And I guess the fewest charge they've been held to in a long time. Did a good job with our run defense. Uh, held them to 48 yards rushing. We didn't cash in on some opportunities that we had offensively to, you know, uh, get some points, either field goal or touchdown. We had a fourth and, you know, two early in the ball game and, and uh, he went away with no points. I think we're on the plus seven yard line someplace down that area. You know, so, uh, you know, the games are going to be close. You know, we play all quality opponents in the American Athletic Conference and, you know, got to play well throughout the ball game. I'm, I'm proud of it fight that our guys displayed throughout the game, the energy and, and everything, everything else, you know, for uh, teams that have a very good record, we sure did play hard, but, you know, we're not, we're not happy with that. We want to come away with a W and we're going to keep fighting and scratching and calling until that happens. Yeah, I mean, the takeaway for me this season, if nothing else, is that, you know, the, these guys are just fighters uh, till till the end of the game, no matter really what the score is, but... Yeah, the defense really seemed much much clearer and kind of intentional uh, in their game plan and and kind of getting to the quarterback these past few weeks in a way uh, that we you know hadn't seen much of earlier this season uh, with you know those quarterbacks like Matt Corral kind of taking advantage of of being able to navigate that pocket. Uh, but you're right in that the offense you know was unfortunately unable to convert in those moments uh, where it counted. Um, I kind of felt like the Cincinnati game. Uh, while that kind of, you know, was a simplified game plan, you know, with, with freshman Kai Horton under center, to me it kind of showed, you know, some fundamental promises in areas like blocking uh, that that maybe, you know, could perhaps continue with Pratt under center and kind of using, you know, those tight ends more in blocking situations, um, you know, not just to run the football, but to kind of keep that pocket from, you know, collapsing as quickly as it has been. Yeah, we, you know, we made a, uh, you know, a, an effort to run the ball more. It was ran the ball a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Tajay Spears played well. Cam Carroll had some good carries last week. You know, it all starts with the offensive line, and the uh, you know the tight ends, wide receivers blocking out on the perimeter, uh, so you can get those really big runs. Uh, you know, we also got to got to throw the ball. We can't just sit there and run it. You know, ninety percent of the time, and expect success. Uh, we just got to do a good job of picking our spots. We're going to throw it. We're having a tough time right now. We drop back, pack, pass, and throwing the ball and providing good protection for uh, you know for Michael Pratt. So uh, we got to keep working at that, get better. Uh, you know, there's uh, you got to be able to do both. You know, run the ball effectively and also throw it when you need to. And, and uh, that's something that we got to you know, get better and better at each and every week. Right. And, and, you know, this, this weekend is, is their homecoming weekend against, you know, the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. Uh, it's, it's at Yeoman Stadium this Saturday at three o'clock PM. I actually had a, uh, you know, pleasantly surprising question, uh, you know, conversation with, uh, someone who called me from, you know, Tulane as an alumni, uh, calling me to tell me to come, you know, to the homecoming game. Uh, and she was very, you know, pleasantly surprised to hear that I would already be there as the sideline reporter. Uh, but from what, what she was telling me, you know, Everyone she was calling said that they were, you know, already had bought tickets. She made a point to let me know her parents were coming, her friend's parents were coming. It was kind of heartwarming. And, you know, really these guys do just deserve a crowd and some home field advantage, especially for this homecoming game coming up this weekend. Yeah, we always have a great crowd for homecoming. Uh, you know, uh, I told the guys the other day there's a lot of activities associated with homecoming. And number one is uh, the football game on Saturday. We need to, you know, do a good job of doing our part. Uh, you know, as I've always said many times before, if you if you haven't been to our stadium to watch a game, you're going to be really impressed. You're going to come back time and time again because every seat is a great seat. Uh, it's an inexpensive uh, ticket, you know, when you're, when you're going out and doing different things in New Orleans. And, uh, I, and then you get to see, you know, two quality football teams play on Saturday. So hopefully we'll have a great crowd and get a few more people out there on Saturday. Yeah, I think you said earlier this season, uh, cheap tickets and cheap beer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, yeah, at, you know, so I've heard. At Yeoman Stadium. Uh, and so looking, you know, forward to that game from the football aspect, uh, you know, what what's the point of attack? 
in planning, you know, for Tulsa on each side of the football? Well, you know, defensively, they, they, they're running that, uh, you know, that three-man front with, you know, three linebackers and, you know, different safeties that spin down in the box. And uh, so it's a confusing type defense. They do a good job with it. They really had Cincinnati on the ropes last week. Uh, made kind of a strange ending to a game. If you haven't seen it, some people need to, to look at it. It was different. A couple fumbles and some different things. Fumbles into the end zone. Preventing uh, you know Tulsa from uh, possibly winning that ball game. Uh, offensively, uh, you know they've got a good running attack. I think they're thirty something in the nation rushing the ball, and, and uh, you know quarterback they'll they'll spread you out. They get real take real wide uh, alignments uh, with their receivers, and just kind of count and see how many guys you got in the box. If you have too many, they throw it. If you don't have enough, they run it. So. Uh, uh, you know they've they've had a tough schedule like us. They they played Ohio State close at Ohio State. They played Oklahoma State had a uh, have a kick return to beat them late in the ball game. So uh, they've also played a really tough schedule, just like the uh, Wave. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, and and um, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, um, just to kind of you know on a positive note, looking at, you know, some player performances throughout this season, um, you know, who, uh, just to get start with the defense, who, who's kind of surprised you the most in their play so far this season? Oh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, some of our young defensive ends are starting to come on right now. Uh, Derry Side just had a good ball game last week. Uh, Angelo Anderson, a local product from John Curtis. I uh, didn't get a chance to play last week. He played well the week before that, uh, you know, our linebackers, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dorian Williams, uh, Kevin Henry, Marvin Moody, and Nick Anderson have all all played well this year. Uh, and, you know, so we've had some guys that have, uh, you know, played, uh, you know, uh, above and beyond maybe what we thought they were going to play, but we've got to do it consistently. And we certainly need more of them to do it. We need to all, you know, if we play, a bunch of guys play well and we do a good job coaching them, we've got an opportunity and, Every game we have left this season and start Saturday with, with Tulsa. Absolutely. Um, and, and anything else that the listeners, you know, should know uh, about, you know, this Green Wave football team heading into this weekend's homecoming matchup? Three o'clock kickoff and uh, going to be here at Yilmer Stadium. Like, like I said many times before you come out here, I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. It's an unbelievable venue and, and uh, I think you'll be excited about it and you'll come back time and time again. Can't hard to agree, uh, hard not to agree with that, uh, Coach Fritz. Uh, thanks so much for calling in. I will, uh, see you at practice tomorrow. You betcha. Roll All wave. Right. Thank you. Roll wave. All right. That was, uh, again, head coach Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave football team at Green Wave FB on Twitter. Um, and, and as I mentioned at the start of this program, you know, I, uh, this has been my first season as the Tulane sideline reporter, um, after, you know, going there for four years and, I can really echo all of those sentiments that, you know, Fritz has said about the heart of these players and, and just their, in a, you know, their refusal to give up and, and quit when the chips are down. And that's a trait that's really hard to find in, in a singular player, you know, let alone an entire group of guys. Um, you know, when I went there, it was the, the first year of Yeoman Stadium was my junior year. And so I was abroad and missed, you know, that opening season. Uh, then this season following that was my first one there. And, you know, it, from going to a Superdome where, you know, Tulane has six to 8,000 undergraduate students in a dome that seats, you know, about 70,000 at this point, it's really kind of hard to get, you know, a, a consistent group of people going. And so to kind of change that over to Yeoman, it took a while. Um, I think a lot of people were really pleasantly surprised uh, with their experience this uh, past, or I'm sorry, two Saturdays at this point, uh, you know, when Cincinnati came in. I believe it was the LSU bye week. Uh, and so really, you know, a lot that that stadium was very full and people, uh, you know, were in for a very good football game. I heard from a lot of people saying, you know, I had no pony in the race. I had been in the week, um, you know, New Orleans this weekend for one thing or another. And I happened to catch that game. Uh, but, you know, that was the number two team in the country. They're ranked, I believe, six in the college playoffs right now. They're undefeated. Uh, and, and this has been, you know, their second strong season. It's the second time Tulane played the number two ranked team in a singular season. And, and, you know, then they throw in the Ole Miss game and, and Matt Corral, who to me, you know, was really the best quarterback that I've 
seen under center at this point. Uh, so it's not exactly as if, you know, Tulane's been playing a bunch of slouches and, and, and kind of falling to that. They've showed that they have heart and they have, they will not quit no matter who the opponent is, no matter who the quarterback is under center. And that should be no different this weekend for a homecoming weekend against Tulsa. Um, my homecoming, uh, weekend, my senior year was a, uh, torrential downpour that if anyone was there, they know exactly which game I was talking about. Um, very, you know, miserable football game conditions to be, you know, sitting in the student section. Uh, but as I was talking about with, uh, the coach for Nickel State just now, uh, Tim Rebo. We this has been a beautiful October and now November for New Orleans football. So this Saturday at 3 p.m. at Yeoman Stadium, and if you want to hear our pregame coverage as usual, myself, Corey Glore, and Steve Berrios on at 2 p.m. And we're going to take a break now, and we'll be right back with the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans, the flagship station for the New Orleans Pelicans. It's the Black Friday sales event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori, And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance. But what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to the Sports Hangover on the Pelicans flagship ESPN New Orleans 100.3. It's Maddie Hudak here at Maddie Hudak underscore 94, filling in for Gus Cattengale while he calls some Tulane women's hoops. Our, our uh, next guest is head coach of Southeastern Louisiana Lions, uh, Frank Selfo, and you can find him on Twitter at LionUpFootball. Uh, coach, how are you today? I'm doing great, Maddie. It's great to talk to you instead of Gus for <laughs> I'll let him know that you said just that. Um, That'd be awesome. All right. So, I uh, yeah, it looks like your your Lions, you know, uh, despite putting up you know fifty two points, uh, came out on the wrong side of a fifty five fifty two shootout uh, against the Cardinals this weekend. Um, how you know what what was the takeaways following that loss? Yeah, you know, Maddie, uh, we had opportunities in all three phases to win that game. We had uh, opportunities early and and late in the game when we had a couple of defensive stops for the offense to put it away. Defensively, we had opportunities to uh, stop them a couple of times late in the game that would have secured it. They scored with 25 seconds left, and we didn't get that done. And then in the special teams, we had, we missed a chip shot field goal and gave them good field position on a kickoff or two, and, you know, that causes to have a short field. So 
all three phases of the game, we had opportunities to win that thing. You know, when people look back and they go, well, you gave up 52 points, defense couldn't have played uh, that good. It's not about them playing well. It's about getting stops at opportune moments. And we got a couple of turnovers. We didn't turn it over on offense, which was good. And, you know, so there were some chances for us to win that thing, and we just didn't get it done. Yeah, and a lot of that kind of, you know, coming from, from your quarterback, Cole Kelly, who put up 647 yards on offense. Uh, he threw for three touchdowns and completed 50 of his 68 throws. Uh, but he also rushed, you know, 18 times for 50 yards and three touchdowns. Um, his single game, you know, totals for total offense, passing yards and completion, you know, ranked among the best in, in FCS history. Uh, you know, what did you think about, you know, his all but incredible conf- uh, performance in that game? Well, I, I thought he saw the field well. Uh, you know, he had, he had good command. I think our game plan going in was good, what we wanted to do and how we could uh, move the ball up and down the field, and we did that. We, uh, You know, we ended up with 44 first downs, which is unheard of. But at the end of the day, you know, our, our goal on offense is to score one more than our defense gives up, and we failed at that. I think Cole played really well. Cole's played well, consistently well all year long. You know, the, the drop back and throw that many times and not have a turnover or anything like that is, uh, you know, is really pleased with that. But uh, at the end of the day, we've got to figure out how to way to win these games. Yeah, and I just wanted to let you know, um, Todd Graffanini is in studio and he currently says hello to you while he is getting set up with uh, me. Todd's awesome, man. That's that. Tell him, please tell him I said I miss him. He says he misses you. <laughs> But yeah, so, um, yeah, you talk about, you know, the offense not being able to, you know, generate points. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, that helps if your defense gets turnovers. Uh, and Zy Alexander, you know, intercepted a pass for his third straight game on, on Saturday. Um, and your defense is currently, you know, ranking third nationally with 14 interceptions and six with three defensive touchdowns. Uh, so, you know, how important has that, you know, ability to, force those turnovers, uh, Ben, for the Lions in kind of formulating such a dominant offense this season? Well, you know, it always helps us to get another uh, opportunity on offense. You know, we are explosive on offense, and uh, we've got something special going on up here at Hamlet. And uh, for the defense to be able to get a turnover gives us one more opportunity or one more at-bat that Todd would probably say, one more at-bat for us on offense. And you know, we weren't able to take advantage of it. We got two turnovers the other day against UIW, and, but we weren't able to take advantage of it and get points. But when you look at Zy Alexander, his, uh, he's from Lowerville, right down the road, Lowerville, Louisiana, and uh, his growth and how he's growing as a freshman and how he's doing and, you know, uh, really starting to play well for us and it's starting to show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, like I said, just right off, it's a pretty incredible stat sheet at that. Uh, and so looking forward, it looks like, you know, Southeastern's returning home to host North e- or sorry, Northwestern State uh, this Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, kind of preparing from that game, you know, uh, what what have you, you know, seen and looking at the tape and the film on Northwestern? Yeah, you know, this will be the second time we play them this year. And uh, we they give us some problems. We, we struggled in the first half against them on offense last time. Uh, about a month ago when we played them and uh, they give us they give you a lot of different looks defensively and it's going to be important for us to get off on a good uh we need to get out quickly you know take care of the football but we need to get out and play well on offense early on uh it's going to be a beautiful night you you, i heard you say it a minute ago in the last segment how the weather's been right you know the last six five six i mean it's just been spectacular our crowds have been good this is only our third home game we've been on the road you know we played nine games this year seven of them have been have uh, been on the road and we got the uh we're seven and two right now with Two three-point losses, one to Louisiana Tech and the other one uh, this past week to, you know, top 25 team in UIW. So I'm, it, I'm good, it's good to get back home in Strawberry Stadium uh, to the confines and, and uh, just allow our guys just to turn it loose. I'm, I'm excited about that, the crowd that's going to be here. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, kind of what the sentiment is, you know, when I was just talking with Coach Fritz about Tulane and, and having, you know, a long time on the road and finally heading back, you know, uh, to come this weekend. And as you just said, it truly is a beautiful weekend uh, for for some football. Um, if you kind of had to, you know, wager uh, which side of the football uh, for the Lions uh, is, is key to a victory against Northwestern this weekend. Well, you know, we got to play as a team. we got to, all three phases are going to have to play well for us. 
Uh, I, I think defensively we'll play better this week. Uh, we got a couple of guys that will be coming back from uh, injuries and stuff like that, so they'll be able to play. And then uh, offensively, I think we'll do what we need to do and special teams-wise, same thing. So, I, you know, we had a good day yesterday. Uh, you know, you, you wonder about the mood when you lose a game like that. And uh, But I think we have a mature football team who has overcome so much in the last couple of years between COVID and have the ability not to play in the fall of uh, of 2019 and then, I mean, uh, 2020, excuse me, mm-hmm. and then playing in the spring and then turning right around and getting ready again and the hurricane hits and we're displaced for 14 days and, you know, not playing home games. So our guys are used to adversity, and that's why I think uh, I'm looking for a bounce back this weekend and, and uh, you know, having them play well. I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll play well. It wants to be quite a test for us, but uh, I think we'll play well and we'll see how it, how it uh, unfolds. And it um, looks like it'll uh, be a special game, if I'm correct. Uh, it looks like it'll be a Hall of Fame game for the 2020 class for, uh, you know, quite a few players uh, in several sports for the Lions. Yeah, Maddie, you know, here's and, and I've, I've been in so many Hall of Fame games at all different universities I've been to, and, and I think it's just a special weekend for the for the school when you have these days because these are the people, that's, this is the history of the athletic program. When these people show up and are honored, uh, these are actually the people who uh, forge the path for the future, you know, for the present-day players and for the future players. And a lot of the Hall of Famers uh, who've already been inducted, they come back for this game and to be able to meet them in all sports. I mean, every sport, we got them all represented this weekend. And for all of those people to come back and be able to meet and, you know, you read about them, you see pictures of them, but you don't actually get a chance to meet them until a Maybe a day like that of, of this weekend shows up and they all come back to town. So I think it's a for, from a representation of our university and our athletic program. I just think it's such a, a, a neat weekend to be able to see these people. So that's that's another reason I encourage everybody to come on out just to just to recognize and see the, the put a face to a name that you've read about that set records that you know forged the path. Like I said, created history here at the university. Absolutely. And again, that game is on this Saturday at 6 p.m. It'll be televised on ESPN3, and you can catch them as well on Cajun 107.1 FM, the Highway 104.7 FM, and the Boss 103.7 FM, as well as online at Cajun107.net. Coach, thanks again. And, you know, looking forward to quite a few fun football games at home in the state of Louisiana this weekend. No, it's going to be a great weekend for the entire state. We didn't, we struggled a little bit this past weekend, but this will be a great weekend for everybody. And you know, I wish everybody the best of luck and uh, you line up. And look, I hope if Gus can't make it next week, I'll be perfectly fine with that. If you can just stay on each week, I'll be, I'll, that'd be awesome. All right, great. And again, that's head coach Frank Selfo uh, for the Southeastern Louisiana Lions on Twitter at LionUpFootball. Uh, thanks again, Coach Selfo, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you. All right. And, uh, you know, something that's kind of been a common theme in, in really all of the, the you know, college coaches that we've talked to so the, thus far is really just this sense of heart uh, and determination by these players when the chips are down. Um, and really, you know, in a way that you don't exactly see in the NFL, it's certainly been a new experience for me, you know, kind of getting more immersed into the college football landscape and just seeing, you know, how hard these players show up to play and what that means and, and how it's different, you know, on a college level versus a professional football level. Um, And we will continue with that. Uh, We're going to have Eric Alexander on at 215 to talk about LSU, their loss to Alabama, and looking forward to the Battle of the Belts this weekend uh, against Arkansas. Uh, In the meantime, my uh, good friend and uh, voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffanini, has now joined me in the studio, and he will be joining me to kick off this 2 p.m. hour so especially if you have Pelican questions now, guys, now is certainly the time to call in 100 or I'm sorry, 1-800-998-1003. We'll be right back with the sports hangover on the Pelican's flagship ESPN New Orleans. I'm throwing
El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Do you know that Rouse's Markets has their own digital coupons? Digital coupons are coupons that you can access online. Get offers for your favorite national brands at www.rouse's.com and redeem them at any Rouse's Markets. With Rouse's Markets digital coupons, there's no need to keep track of paper coupons anymore. Everything is online. Just present your phone number at checkout. Digital coupon. Just one more way you save shopping at Rouse's Markets. The devastation caused by Hurricane Ida was unprecedented. You can prevent additional damage by making a free call to 811 a few days before you dig or disturb the ground in any way. Calling 811 helps protect you from unintentional consequences caused by digging into underground utility lines. After calling 811, wait the required time, confirm all marks, and then dig with care. Call 811 before you dig. It's the law. This message is provided by Common Ground Alliance. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is back. Cross-court pass to Nikhil, extra pass to Vontae, left wing three. He got it at the buzzer! Ingram in the center circle, driving, he's got a seam. He's going to punch it over Anthony Edwards! Hi, this is Todd Graffinini. Join John DeShazer and me as the Pelicans take on the Washington Wizards, Monday at 6 p.m., on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. 